This is Geek Gab with your host, Dornall and me, Danny Warpig. We are back. Geek Gab for, oh, let me double check, Saturday, January 30th, 2021. Dornall, how was your week? I don't know. It's been quite a week. I must say, I'm a little under stress from all the craziness that 2021 has to offer but me personally i'm very good how about you i don't i don't, I don't remember most of the last week i'll be honest uh uh had some personal stuff come up had some the whole reddit thing of course but uh yeah. so from what I hear on Reddit, a bunch of Russian bots who were also white supremacist Nazi communists, white supremacist Nazi communists, socialists got together to punish the rich for being rich while at the same time making themselves rich. Oh, I'm so happy you brought that up. What a wild story. But you got to remember, they're communist, Nazi, socialists. Who, who's, who's, who's promoting that narrative, Daddy Warpig? Uh, Newsweek, Harrods, um, some people on CNBC. You know the usual crowd of idiots. Wow. So for, for anybody listening later or who uh, have, n have no idea what's going on, have their head under a rock for the past week, would you like to explain what's happened or shall I? Do we have to explain what Wall Street bets is? Because we're going to be here all day. We're going to be here all day. I'll do the short version. I'll do the Yolo. short version. Yo, YOLO. <laughs> there's a YOLO. There's a there's a group on Reddit who love to talk investments. It's just a bunch of people who uh, hang around on the internet, talk to each other about different companies and and investment techniques. Okay. I got fifty k in my life savings. I don't think this company should be shorted as much as it is. YOLO. Done. Done. The company in question, GameStop, for the most part. There's other companies, but uh, yeah, the yeah. hedge funds uh, have uh, billions of dollars on the line because they've shorted a company such as GameStop. And some clever guy on Reddit about a year and a half ago looked at the financial reports and said, "Wait a minute, there's nothing wrong with GameStop. Why are they shorting it?" Uh, long story short. All of Reddit decided to throw all their life savings into GameStop with the sole purpose 
of inflating the price and making the hedge funds lose billions of dollars. They could they could sell it off right now, and and some of them have become millionaires, but they're all holding. Just the 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 phrase going around on on Reddit and and the internet is, we can stay retarded for longer than the hedge funds can stay solvent. It is a it is an honest to goodness distributed attack on Wall Street, and it's <laughs> glorious. <laughs> it's not like GameStop wasn't having some difficulties. They were. They had to shut down one of their, like one, an entire country's worth of stores because that whole country had basically gone, you know, belly up. And that's fine. And they shut down some of their non-performing stores in America, which is fine. But they didn't, they weren't going bankrupt, right? They weren't shutting everything down. They had reached a place where things were going all right for them. And then these short sellers... These people who did a bunch of complicated crap, but it's way more complicated than I thought. I thought short selling was basically like uh, cattle futures or pork belly futures or, you know, the orange crop futures. And it's not. It is way stupider than that. (laughs) Holy crap. These guys had shorted 140% of the stock. Which means they had to buy and deliver 140% of the outstanding shares in order to fulfill their contracts. Wow. So the hedge funds were making stupid bets, and that's how short selling is. It's treating the stock market like a casino. They're betting that the stock will go down. Well, once they'd gone through this difficult process and shut down the worst of their stores, their balance sheet was actually good. They weren't on the verge of shutting down, except that these hedge funds... And it's not so much that the guys were rich. Lots of people have millions of dollars in this economy in America. It's that they're well-connected, right? They could go out and get an evening spot on CNBC. That's not a hypothetical. This really happened. And just talk down the stock. And why? And talk about how crappy GameStop is and how they're about to go bankrupt and all this. Which is not true. So this guy who bought the stock back when it was nothing, like $4 a piece, 50K. 50K worth of stock. He, uh is betting that it's going to go up because of fundamentals. He went from 50K worth of stock to $22 million. (laughs) Wow. This is the guy that started it all. 
eh, you only live once. Let's just take this 50K. I'll put it in GameStop. YOLO. YOLO. And then everybody else saw. And, and it is, they didn't get just do this once. They've been doing this again and again and again and again and again for months. Betting against GameStop. <laughs> and so these Wall Street bets people just said, eh, screw them. So it wasn't about eating the rich. This wasn't some, you know, socialist seize the means of production thing. This wasn't about some communist revolution. This is about specifically screwing hedge funds over. And Melvin Capital, who was the people who were making these big bets against GameStop, um, they got Melvin. They lost. Wow. Good. A billion dollars. They had to borrow two and a half billion dollars from two other hedge funds and lost that in a day. A day. Two billion dollars. To these guys on Reddit. And all these like pundits and stuff are complaining. Well, you know somebody's going to be left holding the bag. The price is going to drop eventually. And like you see these people posting and they're saying, I don't care. I've got $500 to burn. I'm willing to burn $500. To hurt these they're, they're, they're all joking about walking their $600 government check, the, the laughable stimulus, just walking it right over to the their favorite retail brokerage system and saying, yeah, give me, give me one or two shares of GameStop. That's what I'm using my, this is my, using my government bread on. And they're just going to hold so, it. They're just going to hold it. Like right now, right now the the value the value of the stock GameStop is now valued at like twenty billion dollars. Yep. Everybody knows GameStop's not worth twenty billion dollars, <laughs> and they don't care. And they're all using that meme from two thousand and seven's The Dark Knight, where he's setting fire to the big pile of cash. Oh yeah. <laughs> It's not about the money. It's about sending a message. And uh, of course, you know, the Wall Street brokerage houses and these apps, these brokering apps are changing the rules, trying to save their friends because it's not that they're rich. It's that they're well-connected. And they can get people to change the rules for them when they lose money. They can get people to start cussing out 
individual common what they call retail traders when the retail traders manipulate the markets it's okay for hedge funds to get on cnbc and lie about stocks and make billions of dollars that's fine but regular people do it regular people figure out how to make money while at the same time screwing over hedge funds that's bad you're not allowed to do that well that's bs if you're screwing over a company just to make money for yourself and other people figure out you're vulnerable and take you to the woodshed tough you bet you're treating it like a casino not an investment and opportunity this, the, you're absolutely right i i don't know if uh, youtube will show the link but i linked an interesting thread from someone who studied this story since it started september 2019 he says it's been simmering for over a year and and that made me really think and what you said made me really think this has been coming for a long time this has been coming since at least 2008. If you if you look at the broader picture and really think about the people who are online doing this, we're talking about folks from their 30s to their late 40s who lived through 2008 and watched the whole system go down, watched their ability to keep, uh, you know, have a house, pay for, uh, you know, cost of living, have an investment. They watched it all disappear and everybody got bailed out. Everybody got let off. These are the same people right now who are on Reddit saying, what the heck am I going to do with $600? This is, this is no good to me. You bailed, you bailed out the banks. All, you know, all, all the property values are trash. And I, I can't even get a, you know, I can't even get uh, I think Emmett Fritz human chat, said something about can't even get rent relief through the 2020 lockdowns, but you're going to give me $600. All right. Just throw it right back at, at wall street. This has been coming since 2008. It's been coming for over 12 years. I firmly believe that. So, I think this hedge fund is getting what it deserves. Um, short sellers, not directly because of Reddit, but you know, I think Reddit caused these people like fifteen billion dollars in losses. But short sellers just this year. We're not even a month into the year, right? It's not even February yet. Yep. Short sellers in their bets have already lost 70, that's seven zero billion dollars. Yes. These hedge funds. Not all of that directly to Reddit. You know, Reddit did $15 billion worth of damage. Jeez. Louise, you know, this is my comment. 
this is what I was thinking. If I was in charge of that hedge fund, somewhere around my $11 billion of loss, I might have started thinking or rethinking my strategy of trying to out-retard the internet. <laughs> I might have started thinking, huh? Maybe I can't beat these guys like this. <laughs> Maybe I should let this one go. They're they're not going to let it go. They're running the same playbook. They're they're going to run to the government. They're going to run to the media. Like you said, they're going to get on CNBC and make a lot of noise and wave their arms. But uh, I I hope the retards hold fast. I might even I might even buy a share. What's it up to? It's like up to three hundred eighty dollars or something today. Yeah, absolutely absurd. It literally got up to $420.69. It's three twenty-five dollars as of right now. Oh. As of, as, as of close, uh, close of the market on Friday. Oh. <laughs> this billionaire went on CNBC... And was literally crying on the air. Oh, I bet that must be delicious to watch. Because he thought he, he thought that everybody's ganging up on the rich. <laughs> I'm like, dude. And uh, <laughs> Hey, and you the more people cry, if I There's lost billions, no crying on Wall Street. I don't know if I lost billions of dollars, I might cry. But he 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 didn't. He wasn't involved in this. He just was hurt. People were taking it out on the rich. <laughs> <laughs> and you're just like, dude. And it turns out he got slammed with huge fines for inner insider trading a few years ago. Of course. This is great. You know what? The more people find out about this thing, the better, because maybe we'll get lucky and uh, more people wake up one day and realize, wait, why is short selling even legal? Well, anyways, that's not the entire story because I really don't want to delve into all the minutia of what short selling is and what a short squeeze is. I just wanted to say, for those of you who didn't know, when you're li who listen to the show, um, self-described, a bunch of self-described retards on Reddit took a multi multi billion dollar hedge fund to the woodshed and beat the snot out of them 
they rearrange their face. Glorious day for the internet. So badly that they had to borrow billions, billions of dollars and lost that too. This is great. This is our the technical difficulties portion of the show. Are we having technical difficulties? Just briefly. We were just wrapping up that talk and I believe I believe we were about to reintroduce uh, a returning guest for the actual yes. top, topic of the show and and it looks like he had to reconnect really briefly. Okay. <laughs> Welcome back. Science fiction author Yakov Merkin. How you doing, man? He's he's uh, he's unmuted, but we hear nothing. This is good. This is how it should be. Welcome back to Geek Gab. <laughs> yeah, well, thank you. Good to be back. About again. He lives. We can hear you. It's uh, it's after nine in Israel, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> everybody, yeah, for everybody not familiar, uh, Yakov Merkin, uh, uh, you've uh, right. you're retired yeah, Israeli right. Defense Force, right? The difficulties are the difficulties are technical. We've heard a couple of words, and that's it. Yeah. Well, I finished my sermon. Yeah, I'm gonna try to be switch my phone. Uh, if that works any better. I have no idea what the problem is. It was fine until now. Well, I think we've just got a lot of latency right now. Dun, dun, dun. Let's see. All right, I tried to reconnect my phone instead. Off the the uh, that's great. We can uh, we can hear you. It's a, it's a little okay. fuzzy, but that's uh, it's a lot better yeah. than what what, okay, what guess, we were just dealing with. <laughs> yeah, I guess it was my internet being stupid. Of course, right at the wrong moment once again. Naturally, as soon as you need it to do something useful. So, um. And Daddy Warpig a couple of weeks ago told me, "Hey, Yakov's coming on," and uh, I'll be honest, I haven't uh, I haven't been paying attention. What is new in the Yakov verse? Merkin verse? Uh, Yakov verse? I like Yakov verse. I, I don't even know. Uh, I have an all new series out now, very different from Galaxy Ascendant, which is now completed. Um, all that's out already, so. Moving on to a new series, shifting over to fantasy um, and more anime-style fantasy, partially because <clears throat> the the art style tends to be cheaper to to afford covers and internal art for, and also because I like the aesthetic and I've been enjoying my time back in the anime uh, watching world over the last like two or three years now. I said, why not go do it myself? Yeah, why not indeed? 
Uh, what can you tell us about your new series, new fantasy series? Uh, so this is um, Light, Light Into Another World. It's a portal fantasy, like Isekai, as they call it in anime, but portal fantasy might be more known to some people because it's a genre that's been around practically forever. I mean, like, I mean, Narnia and Alice in Wonderland were all arguably portal fantasy stories, too, so it, it very much predates anime, but it's most well-known, I think, on that side of the entertainment uh, aisle right now. And so it tells the story of uh, an IDF soldier who gets uh, portaled over to a fantasy world and proceeds to get very involved in uh, the going is on over there. Okay, so that's uh, that's pretty on the nose there, Yakov. I'm I'm just gonna come out and say it. it sounds like a, sounds like a bit of a author character there. So uh, uh, kind of. I mean, me and the, me and the main character we get along very well, but he is personality-wise is quite different from mine because I am much, I'm perfectly happy to have a, a normal, boring life where this character kind of thrives in uh, the craziness that, that goes on once he gets sent on this adventure. So, so maybe maybe it's like an aspirational sort of uh, a person who maybe I might want to be like, potentially. But uh, yeah, I don't really see, I mean, again, apart from me and him would be on the same page on many issues. I don't know if... Uh, I don't think I could say that it's meant to be like any kind of self-insert or anything like that, but I mean, obviously I am drawing on some of my own experiences, my knowledge from when I was in the army and also from my brother who's there now because my brother is actually serving in a tank, which is what I wanted to do but couldn't do, and this character happens to have also been in a tank crew. Uh, I don't mean that, that I did as a not as much of a self-insert as, as really just like a nod to my unit that I was in as kind of like, if I'm going to have a character from the army in there, I'm going to make him be part of the unit that I was in because why not? Cool. So, so, so well, that's, that's really fascinating that you just took the, that sort of your life experiences and brought that into this other world. So, well, I guess there's a two part question then, like how do, does your experience in the army and in, in that unit, uh, re- how is that reflected in this story? Um, I mean, honestly, at this point of the story, it's not a huge part. It's mostly just having a little bit of an idea of the kind of person that this character is based on what I experienced and people that I knew in the army, whether they were native Israeli or like this character also, who, like me, is also originally from America. And I mainly did that, honestly, for the story-wise, because that would explain why he's thinking in English. Uh, <laughs> and also be and also because for plot reasons he has to cast his magic in this fantasy world in Hebrew. So it makes it easier to like differentiate between when he's just talking and then when he uses the magic. So that's also why I decided to just go with an American or originally American character so that the English as the main language makes more sense uh, on that level. So uh so yeah, so um I mean, I mean, really, this, this story came to being in my mind as like, I was watching. I forget which show it was at this point. One of the, one of the several um, isekai type shows that have been out over the last few years, and I was just, like a little bit annoyed by the main characters of a lot of these shows. They're very passive and kind of very samey. So I was like, you know, what would it be interesting if somebody had like some practical knowledge in things that are not video games or nerd stuff ended up in this situation? Like and I like and from there was a short leap to a soldier and then I was gonna do a soldier. So I might as well make it a Jewish character because I've never seen that before. Uh, I think we lost 
Yeah, it looks out. like we have. <laughs> Comedy of the there area. Are... Today. Is he oh. back? That was my turn for technical oh. difficulties. <laughs> I, hope, I hope you noticed, DW. Yeah, we're two for three now. Yes, your turn, Daddy or Pig. Have <laughs> have a technical difficulty. Oh no, they're supposed to be unexpected, not on demand. Got it. Well, it'll happen when we're not expecting it, so give it time. <laughs> okay. Well, then. Oh, that makes sense. That makes sense. Now, tell me about the. Tell me about this. Uh, this fantasy world and, and where you, where what its influences are. Uh, influences honestly are mostly anime influences, like of taking aspects of the various fantasy worlds that I've seen in shows that I've watched over the last couple of years, and just some general general things, and stuck it all together. I mean, I'm like this is a, a bit of like a simpler series of things I've written before, and like a little bit. I mean, I not really call, really call it lighthearted in the sense it's not a comedy or anything, but like I'm not. I'm not going to obsess over world building too much for this one. I mean, again, that has to make internal sense and all of that. But, like, I am, I guess, going a little bit lighter on that for this one because it's a short, they're light novel series, a series, so they're all short books, like 200 pages or so, like 50,000 words. And so I'm trying to just get to the point with uh, the story itself and the action and all of that and, and keeping that pace up. So there really isn't a lot of space for me to even spend, even if I wanted to, on... A whole lot of world background although of course it is there and it does play a role in the various events that uh take place for so this campaign as you could have you might have seen already it's not for one book it's for five books it's the first five volumes in the series so, first five you got a you got a yeah. lengthy series planned out oh yeah i mean i don't have an exact number yet but my best guess right now is is more than 20. More than twenty. Uh, holy cow! Is it are, are they um are they long form novels or are you going no, for no, like, like an episode? No, like, yeah, they're like, like fifty thousand word novels. So like right on like the short end of uh, novels. Because this will allow me to put out. I mean, the, part of the idea also is to be able to put a lot of them out at a rapid pace. Like once the campaign ends and the backers get all their rewards and everything, I'm going to be trying to hopefully release one book every five, every every month on Amazon and then. And then during those five months, like the next five, and kind of leapfrog them all the way to the end of the series, like to try and get my book count uh, up faster. And obviously, these are cheaper to make and overall faster to make, at least from the writing perspective. Art also has been faster, except for technical difficulties there too. Because <laughs> my artist, my artist has yeah. been a problem of his own. Sometimes, like a, a month, a, a month ago, he couldn't get online for a, over like, about three weeks because he's in the Philippines and their internet apparently is like the worst egg anywhere. And so he just couldn't access the website that we'd be using to communicate. It's like a presenting website, so he couldn't even get on the site for for weeks. I have no other way to reach him. So I'm like, is he alive? <laughs> so unfortunately, uh, he was, and he's. Oh, he's, that's rough. Yeah, I mean. It's, going through that again right now so hopefully i'm hoping he's okay but otherwise i mean i mean i I'm, i don't think he's doing it on anything on purpose so i think it's just a matter of taking that out of, out of our control and i'm just going to be trying to make sure we know what's going on going forward so i can keep the pace up but so far we're not really behind anything because i also was decided to set my delivery date for the campaign later than i'd like to get it out just just in case things come up because things have come up before 
like delay like art wise like my other my other campaigns i had like my last campaign thing i had a little bit of delay, like a month or two in getting some stuff out so i decided you know well, i'll just give myself a few extra months just in case and never hurt to deliver early so i'd like to deliver in march but uh as of now the campaign is saying may because that i know for sure it'll be happening so Okay, yeah, you mentioned you mentioned the anime style, and that's coming through in these covers that I'm showing. If anybody watching on YouTube can see, yeah. I'm scrolling through this Kickstarter. Uh, tell me a little bit more about can you, if you can, the artist, and uh, and if you can share a little bit more about him. Maybe we can give people a link to check out later. Uh, I mean, I don't, unfortunately, he doesn't seem to have much of an online presence. He has like accounts on a lot of sites, but they don't seem to be particularly active. So, like, I found him through freelancer.com. Which has been doing freelance work on there for a couple of years now, I think. So I think I mentioned I think his name is on the campaign page somewhere. His name is uh, Philip uh, Philip San Gaspar in the Philippines. I mean, you could find articles online if you searched his name or his I think his art name is uh, Kishiro Kun. I think he's on some site under that name as like his online name. So I mean, so his art findable there and. I mean, internet issues aside, it's communicating. I mean, he's been very, very good to work with in terms of the quality, as you can see, obviously, and his uh, and his like working working with him in terms of any adjustments I had to make on drafts or understanding what I want. And uh, it's been really, really fun uh, working with him, and he seems to be enjoying it too. So I also he's also he's also doing the internal arts for the series. So oh, the, great. The, yeah, those of you scroll down further on the campaign, the two that I have finished so far, uh, those are all there. I mean, all the covers are done already, so it's just the internal art that I'm waiting on right now. Wow, so this isn't just a promotional thing. You're, this is going to be uh, part yeah, of yeah. the book. It looks yeah, like uh, be... we've, got your, we've got your IDF shoulder staring down an assault rifle at a bunch of goblins. Love yes, it. That's, yeah, it's chapter one, I think, in the book. But basically, I'm I'm right now I'm committing to four internal arts per book, and I have thresholds on the campaign that if we hit thresholds, I'm going to add more up to seven per book. I think that's at that point that will be enough considering how many pages it is. So uh, so yeah, so right now there's four. So these are the first two from volume one. Awesome. Okay, so. I, and I want to point out that I, I love the, this cover art. I, I think this one is my favorite so far. It's it's a looks like it's issue four or book four. Yeah, volume four. Yeah. It, yeah, volume four. It's it's got your it's got your main character holding a musket with that assault rifle strapped to his back, but he's wearing yeah. plate armor with the like with the conquistador style helmet on top. I don't know that yeah. sort of that weird anachronistic aesthetic is is really yeah. doing it for me. That's a cool cover. I like that. Yeah, I think that's one of my favorite ones. I really liked how that came out. I, mean, I did that on purpose, some of the aesthetics. I, I typically like that helmet. So I was like, you know what? I just, I'll just have that in there because I like it. And then, uh, <laughs> and then the, the black powder weapons, I'm not going to get too much. I mean, that, I mean, long without really spoiling anything, my main character is going to be influencing things in this world quite a bit. So he does help with some, uh, moving some te technological stuff along faster than it might have otherwise. So, um, so that's why you see uh, the firearms. Well, obviously, the amount of bullets he came into this world with, with his reg, with his modern rifle, obviously he didn't have, he can't resupply that anywhere, at least not initially. So that's why he has to, at some point, favor the black powder rifle instead of a modern 
uh, modern uh, M16 or M4. I forget what thing M4 thing technically. I you know what? There's something about me that just sort of, something about the M4 that really just sort of tickles me uh, inside. It's 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 just that old school loud. Oh, anyway, I'm not I'm not really a gun guy, yeah. but I have my moments. Um, okay, so. This is great. We've got the Kickstarter. I've already got the Kickstarter link in the show notes for anybody on, on YouTube. Uh, so I'd love to get into spoiler space if I can. Do you have a sample that you could read to us, a, a selection from the book? Uh, Do you have something you can share? I hadn't prepared anything. I'd have to go open something up and figure out what would be good to share. Okay, okay. Uh, That's fair. That's fair. Yeah, I've never thought I've ever done that before. I haven't even considered that. <laughs> but uh, no, I mean, but I mean, I, I mean, obviously, I don't want to get into spoiling too much stuff. But obviously, like things are going to be escalating quite a bit over these first few books, which kind of set the stage for what a main conflict that's going to be lasting for most of the series. Like, like book one is really a much smaller story. Like, even I guess more localized is a better term, maybe in terms of what goes on in this world, and then. Uh, for reasons that are spoiler uh, reasons, things get bigger very quickly. And then by the time we get to really before, as the couple might indicate, we get to a much larger scale conflicts. And uh, it's only getting bigger. I'm actually writing book six now. And uh, things are getting even more crazy in that book. And you know, ramping up, but I'm also like trying to manage it. Um, I don't want to obviously ramp it up too much too quickly <laughs> because then that leads to problems if you're doing a long series. So I have. I actually have outlines done all the way through uh, volume 10 right now. Like I'm outlining basically five volumes ahead-ish. And then once I catch up to maybe volume eight, then I'll start outlining like volumes 11 to 15. Kind of, Because I realize I can't really outline beyond uh, like five volumes ahead. Because at that point, it's too far out. And then any, even any like a small change a few volumes earlier necessitates a lot of changing in the outline. So that's out of that five is the maximum that I could go ahead of myself, basically. But I'm really trying to like assembly line it to just be efficient and just do at least in terms of what I control, uh, get everything done as quickly as possible, and then obviously have time to edit things and all that. Yeah, of course. You said you were you said you were originally shooting for March, but but you think it's going to be May? No, I'm still shooting for March. It just depends on art status like i said i hopefully yeah the artist might the artist might delay that speaking of the artist we've got uh uh, ardenon studios in chat dude you've already you've already got a fan our the geek gab unofficial mascot artist of geek gab uh has already backed it so thank you very uh, much your your artist is now in good company yeah i'm going Um, to let him i'll next talk to him i'll let him know i mean i think everybody did let him know a couple weeks ago that uh People seem to really be liking the art that I've been sharing so far. So, like, I really like. I mean, for him to be able to get more of a following on in art-wise, because his art's really, really good, and so he deserves more recognition. I mean, like, I mean, my all the all the artists I've worked with so far, I'm really just him and also John Delesnik, who I did my Galaxy Ascendant books with. Like, he's also. I mean, John has been around doing in the art world for a couple decades now, at least. I mean, he's he's done some more known stuff he's done. He did a lot of work for, um, I think, the Rifts uh, RPG um, books. But beyond that, he's not, he wasn't particularly well-known. So, like, I really 
find some of these artists that I get to work with to really get more recognition because they're they're really good at what they do and they're really good to work with too so far. On the flip side of that, uh, you're not going to get John Dacre's support as long as the goblins are the bad guys. You might have to you might have to flip that around and uh, and oh. have your character side with the uh, goblins and remove elves in the second half. You know, we we got some particular some particular and peculiar <laughs> yes, tastes I'm, here in Geek Gap yeah, fandom. Yeah, I'm familiar. I'm familiar with uh, with the memes. I've I've done Twitter long enough. <laughs> But, um, uh, yeah, I mean, so, my main, my, my main, my main is actually humans. So, you know, you see a lot of humans. Though. That's <laughs> so appropriate. That that's appropriate. It, it, humans are neutral. We're all human. It's okay. Uh, yes, uh, I mean, obviously, my main character in this is humans, and first for me also because all my other series I've done so far had no humans at all because I hate humans. Um, but. This one obviously had to have a human main character, so I settled for making, I mean, not all the humans on this world, but a lot of them are kind of going to be on the antagonistic side uh, for at least a good while. So, uh, so I, I had another question pop up, and yeah. forgive me if you've touched on this before, but you said you've got the series outlined, you're outlining five books ahead. Do yeah. you have a, do you have a long-term goal for the story of this character? Or or this or this world, or or, or is it going to be an episodic thing? Is is he going to be an ongoing character like the Shadow or Batman or something like that? Yeah, I mean, I'm not really viewing it as an episodic story. Although, like, I do try and keep most of the books self-contained in the sense that there is like even like, while the main conflict is going to be a long-lasting one over the course of a lot of the books, like each book might will probably be having like its own lack of a better term like a boss battle like i mean not literally a boss battle but like some like i guess like single book conflicts with the main conflict like ongoing that's like going to be a long lasting uh oh, basically a war going on that's going to last a long time so i need to also have smaller conflicts a lot of them going to be involving the supporting characters and their own uh backstories and their own uh past um that will basically play a role in these uh like the smaller conflicts that take place like one or two per each book basically so it's going to be a, a serial a serial story but like i said i would try to keep each book to have its own like separate plot piece although obviously that might break that rule a few times in terms of like if something a little bit bigger comes around so it'll be kind of like two of them or three of them will kind of connect in that way but i mean i always think very big so that's why like my series tend to run long, and this one, even though the books are shorter, that just means to be more books in the series, as opposed to uh, as opposed to longer books. Like my previous series was like hundred thousand plus word books, which was seven book series. So that's um, so this is kind of like maybe a little bit longer than that, but obviously each book would be half as long. So trying to keep it uh, keep the pace up, also. That that's fair. That also. That's fair. H heading back to chat, we got a good question for you. You don't want me to answer this because I don't think anybody would like the answer. But Emmett Fitzhugh wants to know if uh, if he wants to get into anime. Is there a good gateway or beginner anime to start with? Yakov, I'll give you first uh, answer. Uh, that's a hard question, just because like anime is not like a genre. Anime is like just a style. 
So like you could have like there's so many different types. Like there's the romance anime, there's the science fiction one, there's fantasy ones, there's horror ones. I mean, there's like I mean I've only really got back into it a couple of years ago, so I'm not sure I'm the best person to recommend like a singular starting point. Uh, but because also once I got back into it, I was just sticking with mostly fantasy stuff with a few exceptions. So I mean, other people in the chat who've watched more than I have uh, give better recommendations. <clears throat> Chat's got some good answers. We we hear Studio Ghibli, My Hero Academia, thanks Roll, and Fianwell says Cowboy Bebop. Those are all pretty famous examples. Those are I've those seen are none of them. You've seen none of them. I, I've seen a couple episodes of Cowboy Bebop. I think it's as good as they say. I, I don't know about My Hero Academia, but Studio Ghibli's got those classic films like Princess Mononoke. Yeah, yeah. I mean, those I are those are. I'm old school. I'm old school. I started with Akira. Not that old school. I'm not. Uh, not Speed Racer old, but uh, I started with Akira, a fantastic 80s dark future cyberpunk film. But the real answer is uh, don't watch anime. It is trash. Unless unless you like anime and then... Then it's not but, Then, then, then buy Yakov's anime-influenced books. It is a style. It's, yeah. it's just an art, it's just an art yeah. style. I mean, it started off... I, I think that its, its earliest stories were... More into the science fiction, more cyberpunk stuff like Ghost in the Shell and Akira, and and lots of you know lots of giant robot fiction, right? And yeah. uh, but it's they do all sorts of. Okay, Fiona Wolf brought up the. This is the correct answer for anybody who wants to know what to get out of your fantasy stuff, and that is Record of Lodos War. That is basically a Dungeons and Dragons game told as an anime, and um. Uh, have you seen it yourself, Yakov? I have not. I, you I, have I, not. I've, I've mostly watched modern stuff. I only got back into anime a couple of years ago, and I've mostly been watching more recent things since I got back into it. Well, so, if uh, when well, I don't. I, that, that means that it hasn't influenced you directly. But when someone tells me, "Hey, I've got an anime-styled fantasy story or fantasy world." Record of Lotus Wars, what pops right in my head? That that'd be a good one. I recommend that. I recommend you uh, watch that as well, Yakov. Uh, did, or I don't, because list. you know, anime's trash. <laughs> I mean, it's better than anything we get out of the West these days. So, <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah, that's I, a good someone, point. Someone in, the, someone in the chat mentioned Goblin Slayer. Goblin Slayer also actually, I think, was like directly influenced from like Dungeons and Dragons type game. I don't know if it was like. Video references to dice in it, like as like a meta thing, um, and all then all, all the characters in that show actually are just named as like their class or their race, and I they don't even have proper names. So uh, I think it, I think it actually was. I don't remember reading about it when it came out, but I think that that one was actually like very much Dungeons and Dragon inspired in terms of the setting and the character types, basically. Cool. Um. So your your main influences are your uh, your experiences in the army and the uh, fantasy anime style that you've been into. Yeah, Do you mostly, have any? Yeah, yeah, mostly yeah, mostly fantasy anime, and I guess also just fantasy in general. Because I'm not I'm not trying to like write like anything. I'm not trying to write it in like a Japanese style. I'm writing in my own like I'm I'm writing a book that I write. It just happens to be using this kind of style and setting. I'm not like, going to be throwing in Japanese words for no reason or anything like that because that would just do a cringe to me. So like <laughs> I'm just trying to write a good story, but I'm using some of the tropes and some of the style obviously of 
of the anime setting. Yeah, uh, and and you don't you don't hesitate to to just ape that art style in your cover in the interior illustrations, which is yeah. I think that's a good call. Just lets everybody know what what to expect. So yeah, uh, looks nice. So. What can you tell me about your your traditional fantasy influences, or I should say, your non-anime fantasy influences? Uh, what else is um, yeah. uh, what, what else? What else does Yakov love? Mostly pretty standard things. I mean, obviously, Lord of the Rings from back. You got my which I first read years ago. Um, Wheel of Time, Robert Jordan stuff. I grew up uh, reading a ton of that. I mean, pretty much everything he's written. I think almost not not all of his. I read most of his stuff. Wheel of Time, I read all of it, obviously. Um, Brandon Sanderson also. I mean, he was my favorite author for a long time now. I don't think he's my favorite author, but he's one of those books I was still willing uh, to pick up whenever they come out. Because um, he hasn't... I mean, the worst books that he's written have been good, as opposed to great, at least for me. So um, so he's probably a fantasy author that I read the most. I mean, I guess technically Jim Butcher also, though obviously it's a very different style. But uh, he obviously... I mean, Dresden Files is technically fantasy also. So those I'm a huge fan of. Yeah, speaking of quality stuff coming out in the West, uh, Jim Butcher, as far as pop, popular fiction goes, the Jim yeah, Butcher is one of the that. best artists we've got right oh, now. Yeah. So good. Yeah, I was really happy that we got the two, uh, the two new books in one year after a couple of years without anything. So I'm like, Dresden. Yeah, if you're if you're writing pop fiction for uh, you know fun stories in a fantasy setting, yeah, you could do worse than to study Jim Butcher. That that's a lot of fun. Yeah. Um, that's that's a great influence. And it's uh, also good because especially if you're writing, I could this in my first series, writing in first person, because it just fit it just fit the style much better, like the pacing and just getting information across. Just when I first started writing, I was writing in third person, but I realized it really needed to be first, even though I usually prefer third person. Some stories do better, and obviously, Resident Files is a story that would not work anywhere near as well if it was in third person uh, directly. We are running low on time, Yakov, so we're going to switch gears for a little bit. First of all, uh, okay. Daddy War, Daddy Warpig, I hate to monopolize all of the time. Do you have any uh, questions or anything for Yakov? Oh, I was just going to say, and I was trying to say this, but apparently, I was on mute. So oh, there you go. Technical problems hit me too. Um, when I was a kid, uh, the anime stuff I saw, I didn't even know what anime was. Uh, living in Germany, watching Armed Forces Network, and they had a what in retrospect seems like a slew of uh, uh, anime movies at the local theater, the military theater, and on TV. We had Star Blazers. We had Battle for the Planet. Um, we had, in the movie theater, we had, and I can't remember, can't remember names, because I, I was a young kid. I mean, this is before I was 10. Um, but we had that uh, Space Train anime movie. Um uh, which someone helped me track down the other day, and I uh, got a copy of it, and I still have to watch it. We had an anime movie about uh, three cyborgs helping uh, escort a, a gal, and somebody had turned all of the animals and plants in the galaxy into cyborgs, and then that movie wrapped over into a TV series that they started showing. I mean, we had a lot of 
pre-Akira. So this is like the 1970s. Um, anime stuff that I watched as a kid, and I just loved it. And then we would get like little figurines, action figures of of the robots. I mean, they have a giant robot with a huge lion dragon for a torso um, that had, you know, that would come together from these other uh, little ships. And then, you know, my parents would buy that for me at the, at the local store. It was just really, really cool. And I didn't know what anime was. I didn't know what Japanimation was. Um, but that's where I, I watched that when I was so little that I don't remember hardly any of it. And I'm sure there are people, probably people in the audience who remember all those, but uh, all I know is I really, really liked giant robots and uh, I really, really liked Battle of the Planets, how they jumped into their ships and got flying and how the motorcycles came out of the pods on the edge of the wings and um, the bad guy and just all those things, cyborgs in their ships. And I was a little kid. I loved it. I didn't care about, you know, where it came from or what a weeb was. And I, I watched things indiscriminately. I watched Space 1999. I watched Battlestar Galactica. I watched Star Trek. I watched General Hospital. Whatever was on TV. But I definitely love those animated cartoons. Amen. Although we're going to have to have a conversation about General Hospital one day. Even even, even at my most bored, I couldn't handle more than five minutes of soaps. Dude, when you're like seven and there's one English language channel, you'll watch whatever was on. <laughs> Let me tell you about the time Port Charles had a, a weather weapon aimed at it that turned the whole place into snow and it just kept on snowing and snowing and snowing and those poor kids luke and laura never could hook up just the saddest thing ever anyway i'm I, i'm glad joshua shaw heard what i heard you, you called it japanimation i'm like i haven't heard that since 1997 good on you old school um, that's amazing. Uh, Yakov, I, I sounded like Daddy Warpig was done. Uh, Yakov, any, anything else that you want to talk about, book or not book, anything on your mind that you want to get off your chest? Um, just that we're really close to funding already, and it would be really awesome to get over that final, uh, the final hurdle. Uh, soon, so I could then start working on stretch goals because I'd be, I'd be really, uh, I have some fun stuff planned if we get there. So I had my best start ever with the campaign, and all the campaign is really my best campaign that I've ever run, I think, in terms of money raised so far. And I really, we're like 88% funded. So uh, it'd be really cool to be able to get there this week. And then, uh, and I, that, that means I can also relax in a couple of weeks, which is also fun. My previous campaigns were all kind of like somewhat nail biters. And so really nice to be able to relax for a couple of weeks. And That's really great news. That's really great news for sure. Uh, I, I think you've yeah. picked up at least one backer uh, through this episode. 
yeah. in the live chat. Uh, Daddy Warpig, do you have any other last questions or words or anything like that? No, except uh, Fiona Wolf says that uh, uh, they want more Aeronauts wouldn't listen. I have to agree. I want to. I want to get the finish of that series. Oh from yeah, that, Jim Butcher. That Jim Butcher series. I'll, th um, I'll third that. I was hoping for more. Yeah, okay, so, for too long, I hope. Oh yeah, uh, we're gonna. I'm gonna echo what Bradford Walker says in the chat. If you if you like what you're seeing, like what you're hearing, throw a couple extra bucks in for physical copies. It's uh, you, you're not gonna regret having paper yeah. copies to hand over to friends or loved ones in the future. Yeah, and, and, and it always looks better in physical form anyway. <laughs> I agree. Yeah. I I can't read on the screen. Yeah, me neither. I I I have a whole bunch of ebooks that I've never read because I just never. If I'm on my phone, I'm going to do something else. Like ninety percent of the time, so it's hard to like get myself to just read on the phone. So I almost always buy um, physical copies of books these days, just because I prefer. It. Yeah, because the electronic screen is not there for reading enjoyment. It's for dopamine hits. I stare at the little yeah. screen so that I can look at all the likes and, and the memes fly by. Yeah, yeah. And also, I do most of my reading these days on Saturday, which is uh, I, don't use, I don't use electronics on Saturday. So it's the perfect day to be reading. And I obviously, I can't read um, on the phone if I can't use electronics. So physical book it is. Well, I'm 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 glad you were making it with us. It's it's about uh, 10 p.m. on Saturday night, isn't it? Uh, yeah, I mean, it's not pretty late for me. I mean, I've, a lot of times I've ruined my sleep schedule. I've, I'm way too late every night because there's nowhere and to you're, go. And you're and <laughs> of course, and and you're permitted to use Geek Gab on Saturday, which is which is awesome. Yeah, well, because um, it, is, uh, it ends early enough that time difference. Oh, it does. Know. It does. Yeah, I, I, I don't know the yeah. I don't know the full tradition, but uh, I was yeah, going to no, say no, that it ends, it, yeah, it ends at sundown. So sundown is like six p.m. here. So oh, got it. Okay, so th that means that means yeah. we're good. Yeah, I was going to say I, I, we don't have to apply to be kosher, right? You don't have to. It doesn't matter what you guys do. <laughs> Uh, all right, I'm I'm done gabbing. I really want to uh, thank everybody in the chat and uh, for hanging out. It was fun chatting with you today, Yakov, and yeah, I really hope, I hope I hope the Kickstarter is a success. I'm gonna I'm gonna mute and let Daddy Warpig say his piece. And uh, right. you know what? I don't care what Daddy Warpig does. I'm muting. <laughs> I uh, I just want to say this about physical copies. Those of you who preferred the uh, dub that came on the VHS tape of Akira may have found out that the uh, Blu-ray and DVD dubs are different. But there is one place in the entire planet Earth where you can get Blu-ray and DVD dubs with the original VHS uh, that are the same as the original VHS. They're stereo. They're not surround sound. They're not 5.1. But if you go to a company called Madman in Australia, uh, they've licensed that dub and uh, put it on uh, the Blu-ray and on the DVD uh, along with the newer 5.1. 
So if you're looking for physical media, that is the only place to get it. Uh, and I went ahead and bought that. And it also comes with the sub. So those of you who are sub purists can get yours there as well. So if you want to know how exacting I get about what I want to buy, that's how exacting I got. <laughs> Is I was willing to track down the one source on the entire planet where I could get the correct dub that I liked for Akira. <laughs> Because everything else just bugged the crap out of me. All right, folks. Thanks for tuning in. This has been Geek Gab for Saturday, January 30th, 2021. We want to thank Yakov for coming on the show. Always great. We want to thank everyone for participating in the chat. You, too, can listen live at YouTube.com slash Geek Gab. That is YouTube.com slash geek yeah we're also available on the google play store we're also available on the itunes store and we're available on soundcloud.com listen to us on the device of your choice we are signing up for today but don't you worry don't you fret we will be back